We're live. Woo-hoo. Welcome, onliners. Yeah. Welcome to my grandma and my mom and others down there in Southern High. Welcome to Charmaine and Martha. If she's on. We got all kinds of onliners that we welcome. Susie. Susie. And uh, <coughs> welcome to the inliners. Good Thank to you. you all made it out. Good to be here. And uh, we have a fella from Arkansas with us yes. today, so no Bill Clinton jokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, be nice. Um, no, we got some folks down in Arkansas that listen in as well. Haven't heard from Larry Franklin for a while from Arkansas. Anybody hear from him? Tell him we miss him. He, uh, he posts on media yeah, it's been a while though. I haven't seen it anyway. We got a good governor in there now. Yeah, what's her name? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, she's allowed to run for president here in uh, the Lord Terry's. Hopefully, we're not here that long. Does she make good chicken? Sanders. Oh yeah, that would be. She married into that family, so it's a secret recipe. Recipe, but since she married into the family, maybe. The, all right, well, um, we want to remind the onliners uh, to get your prayer requests in if you would like for us to lift your prayers up uh, when we go offline. We've taken considerable steps to protect the privacy of those who send their requests in. We cut off the live stream and turn off the phone completely. There's, there's some more in the box there. And, and, uh, but send them to bbfohio at protonmail.com and then... In a moment, Janie's going to bring around the cards. If you'd like to put a prayer request down, raise your hand, and she'll give you a card and a pencil. We do that at the end of the service after live stream is turned off. And I want to make sure our camera people have everything zoomed in and ready. And then there's your reminder to silence your cell phone ringer. Is that thunder? Yeah. Ooh. That's what happens when you have 73 degrees on the first day of March. Yeah. All right. Our study tonight is titled The Pope is Antichrist. <laughs> and this is a bit of a repeat. I was explaining to Brother Mike uh, a little while ago. We taught on this about 10 years ago. A lot's changed since then. But uh, for that reason, we're not going to do the regular uh, thing because our entire study is a current events update. (laughs) So for that reason, we'll get right into the study with a word of prayer. And uh, we'll ask uh, Brother Doug, if you would, open the Bible study. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you for this, uh, this time and hour that we're here on God. And a good bunch of people. And, uh, I, I think of them as, as a family, good church family. And uh, Lord God, just just, uh, just pray strongly for uh, Pastor Greg and uh, his ministry and uh, his wife. And Lord God, they, they do a tremendous amount of work in here. Thank you, Lord, for everything. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Darren, you, you got think your maybe hood the Darren, you got your hood up, man? Yeah, that's why I was looking out for this rain. Yeah. Go ahead. means there's going to be rain. Just make it quick. Makes you think maybe the prince and power of the air don't like what I'm going to preach tonight. Or God is shutting it down. Well, um, just want to start. Uh, I want to make a couple comments. Number one, I just want to make it clear that we believe in preaching the truth. But this has nothing to do with hatred. Uh, We love, it's going to sound funny saying this, but I loved John Paul II. I prayed for that man. The fact he died and entrusted his soul to Mary was a sad thing. Um, I I love Francis. I'd love to see Francis get saved. There were some people who were evangelical Christians who were friends of his. And uh, so I hope that maybe they'd reach him. That's back actually before he was Pope. Uh, We love uh, Roman Catholics. How many of you here were raised or were former Roman Catholics? Several of you. Uh, We love your Roman Catholic family that's still not saved. We pray for them. This is all just about the truth of the matter when it comes to the Antichrist. Here's a a similar thing. Uh, I believe that the final... Pope is the Antichrist. But I believe he will be of a Jewish DNA. And so you'll hear people say, well, you think a Jew is going to be Antichrist? That's anti-Semitic. No, it's not. It's no more anti-Semitic than saying Judas Iscariot was a Jew. But so is Jesus Christ and the apostles. (laughs) You got a Bible there? It's a Jewish book. (laughs) And so uh, people just extrapolate nonsense out of things you say. Nothing I say tonight should be misconstrued in that way. It's just simply what is the truth. So turn over to Revelation 17 is where we're going to start. And we did 20 hours of study a few years ago. Well, we did 200 studies through the book of Revelation. And we did 20 hours on Revelation 17 and 18. And it was to go uh, verse by verse and line upon line and be careful to make our case. Because uh, a lot of people have fallen away from what used to be believed by Christians. But in uh, Revelation 17 verses 7 through 13, uh, I want to go ahead and read a couple of verses before we get into that. Verse 5 and 6 says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abomination of the earth. Verse 6 says, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. Um, the Roman Catholic Church represents itself as the queen, uh, as, not as, the, although they do claim to be the church of Jesus Christ. You'll see Mary, and it's a false Mary, by the way. You'll see the Queen of Heaven more than you'll see Jesus, represented by a woman. And if you read uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs and the Martyr's Mirror, which is a book about this thick put out by the Anabaptists, you'll see that for all of the history of the Roman Catholic Church, even now in countries where the Roman Catholic Church is in control, there is severe persecution of Bible-believing Christians. 
And it says, uh, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus in describing this woman. So we want to then pick up with verse 7. Let's go ahead and read through 13. Read the odd verses with me. So jump right in verse 7. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen and one is and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Amen? Now, of course, keep reading. It's an amazing text, but for the purposes of our study, I want to stop there. I just want you to notice there in verse 9, the seven heads are seven mountains. Uh, Rome is known as the city on seven hills, seven mountains. Uh, we believe, I believe, that this is referring to Rome and that the Roman Catholic Church is being spoken of here in this text. Now, at one time, uh, nearly all Christians agreed with the title of this study. You could go into almost any evangelical, fundamental, Bible-believing church, and if you stood up and said, I believe the Pope is Antichrist, they'd be, you'd be preaching to the choir, literally. Now, what's happened? Well, I want to give you a couple of things first. This is John Knox, one of the great Christians of the past, and he refers to the Pope and says, quote, the very Antichrist and son of perdition of whom Paul speaks, end quote. That was typical of Bible-believing preachers. He lived between 1514 and 1572. Thomas Cranmer, who lived between 1489 and 1556, he says, quote, Whereof it followeth Rome to be the seat of Antichrist and the Pope to be very Antichrist himself. I could prove the same by many other scriptures, old writers, and strong reasons. Now, for sake of time, I, I can't, uh, I'm not going to go through that, but I'm telling you, for the previous 14th century, or about, actually started in the 4th century. So for a thousand years before these fellas, you won't find a lot of writings about the Pope from those who believed he was Antichrist. But there's ample evidence that he, he was believed to be the Antichrist by those of our faith. Why don't you find the writings? Because in that 1,000 year period, the Pope killed everybody and burned their writings. So you hear people make a big deal about the fact that there's not a lot of writings between 4th century and uh, 1400 
It's because they were being slaughtered, their homes and churches burned. If you had a Bible like the one you're holding now, they would tie it around your neck and burn you and your Bible at the same time. So keep that in mind when you hear those kind of arguments. This is from the 1689 London Baptist Confession, quote, which, by the way, was printed originally in 1689. <laughs> quote, of the church, neither can be the uh, Pope of Rome in any sense be head thereof, but is that Antichrist, that man of sin and son of perdition that exalteth himself in the church against Christ, and all that is called God, whom the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. End quote. Every Baptist church that you see today that's been around for any length of time, they once believed that. And they have abandoned that for the most part. Name whatever Baptist church you're in. If it's not an independent fundamental Baptist, and if it's not a very conservative Southern Baptist, then you probably will not find that anywhere in their statement of faith anymore. Cotton Mather, who lived between 1663 and 1728, um, I want to ask somebody to turn that fan off over above. You guys didn't need that on, did you? Um, I appreciate that. What is that? Oh, <laughs> I just said, every once in a while we turn the lights on and, and they accidentally hit the fan. Cotton Mather, who lived between 1663 and 1728, quote, the oracles of God foretold the rising of an Antichrist in the Christian church. And in the Pope of Rome, all the characteristics of that Antichrist are so marvelously answered that if any who read the scriptures do not see it, there is a marvelous blindness upon them, end quote. <laughs> Folks, that describes the majority of professing Christians today. That's a, that's a sad thing, but it's true. Now, here's one reason why in our, la our times, and we'd say this really started in earnest in the 60s with the charismatic renewal, where evangelical, Pentecostal, and charismatics joined with Roman Catholics in what they called the charismatic renewal, where they all believed they were speaking in tongues and all that together. And they, they said, oh, the Spirit has brought us together and we're one. And the ecumenical movement was started in earnest and all that. Well, that's when the new Bible version started to proliferate in the 60s. Well, what do you see in your new Bibles? Well, look at your Bible, if you still have it open there, in Revelation 17. And we'll compare it to just one, for time's sake. It's pretty representative. of The NIV. Your King James Version says, The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth, and there are seven kings. That's very clear. The NIV says, this calls for a mind with wisdom. That's pretty ironic. The seven heads are seven hills on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. You see that? It went from, and there are seven kings, to making the mountains instead of the seven hills of Rome. They are the seven kings, see? So now they're like, well, you can't say those seven mountains are Rome because they're actually referring to the seven kings. Not in my Bible. 
See how those subtle little Luciferian changes, that's how Satan has always worked. Go back and read in Genesis 3. He didn't get rid of everything. He just made those subtle little, started with the question, hath God said? I like it. He said, I think he sounded like it. Hath God said? <laughs> now, just in case you're wondering, the city on seven hills, there, there are seven hills named so this is all, you'll find this. I have a copy of the Catholic Encyclopedia at my home. And it's right in there in their own encyclopedia. That the seven hills refers to the seven hills of Rome. And those seven hills are the Aventine Hill, the Celian Hill, the Capitoline Hill, the Esquiline Hill, the Palatine Hill, the Quirinal Hill, and the Viminal Hill. And I probably butchered half of those. But those are the hills. And so it's not a really a debate. I've had people, well, that's crazy because Cincinnati's on seven hills. I'm like, yeah, obviously John the Apostle was talking about Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, there is a little common sense here that when he's talking, when the Bible speaks of cities and places and identify them, they, they fit in the context. So new versions are prepping Laodicea for Antichrist. I'll tell you right now, if you're, if you're a reader, you should be. If you're not, and you ought to read New Age Versions by Gail Ripplinger. Yep. And you ought to read A Woman Rides the Beast by Dave Hunt. It'll take you a long time because, uh, especially the A Woman Rides the Beast, I read 10 pages a day. Because it's so thick and so disgusting what you read in there. The truth, it's documented. That I'd just read 10 pages and put it down, and I made it through. I don't know how, how much time it took me. There's also a documentary I think is in our uh, library here um, that gives a synopsis of what's in that book. But sticking to the King James Bible, we see the truth. Amen? Amen. All popes are antichrist, and the final pope will be the antichrist. You understand that? Yeah. I'm saying the pope is antichrist. I didn't say the or an in the title because I believe Francis is an antichrist. And we'll see a couple of examples. His words are antichrist. His, the things he says, they're antichrist. But I don't believe he's going to be the antichrist, the final pope. And that's important to remember. Uh, J.A. Wiley is a historian. He wrote about the Waldensian uh, uh, persecution by Rome. And he said, quote, The same line of proof which establishes that Christ is the promised Messiah, conversely applied, establishes that the Roman system is the predicted apostasy. In other words, as you read the Messianic prophecies where it said that uh, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and the Messiah would be born of a virgin, it'd be the seed of David, or actually go from Adam through uh, Shem, through uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, and on. That's all laid out for you in the Matthew chapter 1. His, his lineage through Joseph. And then Luke 3 tells you how it runs through Mary. And I don't want to get into that. There's some very interesting stuff in those genealogies, though. But just the same way, you just look at what it says and you look at what happened and you put the two together and they fit like a glove. Well, that's exactly what happens. You look at the Bible says about Antichrist and the whore of Babylon, which is the woman riding the beast, it's clear that it's the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic system, and the Pope is the beast. That's what he's saying. He's 
basing that on what he read in hundreds of years of Anabaptist and nonconformist writings and sermons. Quote, in the life of Christ, we behold the converse of what Antichrist must be. And in the prophecy of the Antichrist, we are shown the converse of what Christ must be and was. And listen, and when we place the papacy between the two and compare it with each, we find on the one hand that it is the perfect converse of Christ as seen in his life. And on the other hand, that it is the perfect image of the Antichrist as shown in the prophecy of him. We conclude, therefore, that if Jesus of Nazareth be the Christ, the Roman papacy is the Antichrist, end quote. And just look at it. Jesus wouldn't have walked around with the big hats and the big robes and the big staff and all the bling that he puts on, millions of dollars in gold and diamonds and everything. Sometimes they actually wear a crown that's supposed to be worth millions of dollars. Jesus said, I don't have a place to lay my head. You know, those word faith guys, you know, they pervert the Bible too. And they get up there and say, oh, Jesus wore designer suits. <laughs> yeah, that, he didn't. <laughs> they didn't have those back then. But in, I guess in, they, they had designer robes, but he didn't wear designer robes either. Look at 1 John chapter 2. Just a few pages to your left there in your Bible. 1 John... Chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Verse 18 says, Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. There's been 266 of them in the Roman church. So many popes has been. Whereby we know that it is the last time. You say, well, that was almost 2,000 years ago. Well, in God's reckoning, it's been two days. Look what it says in verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Go ahead and read that with me, verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And uh, that has application to a number of other things. But we continue, verse 20, But ye have an uh, an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Read 21. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Now watch this carefully. Verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Read 23. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledged the Son hath the Father also. Now you'll read sometimes where it will appear that these popes do acknowledge Jesus as Messiah and Son of God. But then you realize that they, in other places, deny Him, and in other places they actually contradict Him. And they've been, for example, uh, read what they say about Mary. 
They undermine Jesus' place as mediator by making her a mediator. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. They throw Mary in there. They also take Jesus and, and, and do away with uh, his deity by making him subject to Mary. If you read their literature, I've told you about the one uh, thing that I saw where they teach their young people, and they have Jesus on the cross and blood pouring out of his side, and that blood is being dispensed to sinners through the hand of Mary. The blood comes into Mary's hands and then springs out to the world. And that's how they deny Christ. And we'll come to uh, more in just a second, Johnny. So, I mean, this is a bigger discussion for I, I can ask it later, but in my Bible here on them, um, I think it was verse, it yeah, verse 23, they have the word but, and it's in brackets. And tal- yeah. And italics at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. The Greek language just isn't like the English, and so there's uh, words that if you have you heard that when you see the italics, they added to the King James Bible. Right. That's not true. The Greek te- the Greek language is different from the English in that there are some ways where you literally give a word by word or formal equivalency, and that's left in regular print, but in order to give you what the Greek is actually saying, then they put in those italic words. The Greek uh, reader understands that that's there. But it's not there written out plainly because you'll find this as a result of the kind of uh, uh, compound words, uh, the prefix, suffixes that they add. There's uh, the accent markings and all that kind of thing that go into it. So... Uh, just a, that's a good question that uh, we need to address other time uh, more in depth. But when someone says that those words are added, they're not. And here's the thing. They're in your NIV, your ESV, and your other Bibles too, but they're dishonest about it and don't put it in italics. That's the only difference. Now, I have people who say, the King James has the words added in italics. Well, all the other versions do the same thing, but they just don't put it in italics. They're not honest about it. Charlie? The other versions also omit a lot of words that are very important. Like right. Blood. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, Jill? I was going to say it's implied. Yes, it's implied. But it's even stronger than that. Yeah. I'm not a uh, Greek scholar, so I'm not going to try to wax eloquent on it. It's you would. necessary in the it's necessary in the English. Well it's necessary because it's actually in the Greek. Yeah. I mean it is there, but it would take a long time to explain how the translators uh, do that and everything. But like I said, they all do it. The King James is just honest enough to put it in italics. So in your text there it says, um, who is a liar? But, uh, wait a minute, that's not the, uh, the verse I'm looking at. I think I, I meant to quote uh, verse 24. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Now, uh, the Roman cult, as I said, doesn't blatantly deny Christ, but they invent a false Jesus that they, this is the, the layer I didn't mention yet, they believe they eat Jesus. When we have communion, we believe that we take the bread and the cup in remembrance of Jesus. They believe this thing called transubstantiation. They believe that you actually ingest what supernaturally becomes the flesh and blood of Jesus. 
I don't want to get into all kinds of detail about that, but there's actually been people through the years. I, I said this, I'm not tooting my horn, but I said this to Catholics over the years. I didn't realize that way back, especially during the time of Reformation, there were people who made this same argument, and that is, that means you excrement Jesus. If you eat him, you digest him, and he goes into the toilet. It's just blasphemy. And it's not what Jesus taught. And it's a different Jesus. It's a false Jesus. If you add up all the things that the Roman Catholic Church teach about Jesus that go against the Scripture, you come to a false Jesus. So, uh, the Vatican denies the biblical Jesus and promotes a false Jesus of their own creation in reality. By the way, their Jesus doesn't save. If you ask a Roman Catholic priest, ask him, do you believe that the death of Christ and his shed blood on the cross paid for all sin and that by faith in that sacrifice I can be saved? Absolutely not. Basically, they believe that he gave you a clean slate. Now, if you keep all the sacraments and die in grace, then you go to purgatory for an unknown amount of time and burn in purgatory until you pay for your own sins and go to heaven. I'm sorry, but that's a false religion, a false gospel, and a false Jesus. Now, it says many antichrists, as kind of I mentioned this a moment ago, there have been 266, and the final pope will be the antichrist. Now, just an example of how the previous Antichrist, before the Antichrist, they're laying the groundwork for the Antichrist who will come. So Francis is an Antichrist laying the uh, groundwork for the Antichrist. This is from the Daily Mail over in UK. Christian leaders, including Pope Francis and the Archbishop of Canterbury, denounce anti-gay laws in unprecedented airborne news conference. They join together, the Archbishop of Canada, he, he's an apostate, he's not a Bible-believing Christian. The Pope and the head of one of the apostate Presbyterian denominations, they all got up, hand hands to, held hands together, and uh, basically were putting on a uh, display of being Lot's wife. When Jesus said, remember Lot's wife, he wasn't talking about the fact she was a wife or a female. He's talking about the fact that she was in love with Sodom. And that's what those men were doing. Well, go back and watch our study on the Antichrist. And it's called uh, a vile person. And I believe the Bible is clear. The Antichrist will be a sodomite. So it only makes sense that his forerunners are going to try to get rid of the stigma. Yeah. <laughs> so that, the Bible predicts that. Even though there's a lot of people who don't believe what they're reading the Bible, that's what the Bible teaches and the Bible predicts that. So Francis is an Antichrist working to establish global government in preparation for the Antichrist, the Pope. Again, Pope Francis calls for end of sovereignty and establishment of global government. Surprise? Uh, he kind of looks like Gomer, by the way. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Don't you think he kind of looks like Gomer, Paul? Um, but he, what do you expect? Wait, I, I'm not shocked by this. A lot of people are really shocked. I believe we're in the end times. I believe the Antichrist... Uh, or the final pope will be the Antichrist. All those preceding him are just laying the groundwork. So that's exactly what the Bible predicts. <laughs> it's an amazing book, isn't it? If you believe it, it's an amazing book in, in practical terms. The case for the pope as Antichrist has been made by Catholics and Protestants, by the way. Arnulf, uh, Roman Catholic Bishop of Orleans, France. Arnulf. Quote, 
deplored the Roman popes as monsters of guilt and declared in a council called by the king of France in 991 AD that the pontiff, clad in purple and gold, was, this is the words of Arnoff, quote, Antichrist, sitting in the temple of God and showing himself as God, end quote. Now, I just added that little clip down at the bottom that uh, this was from a secular newspaper in 1998. Vatican archives revealed that the Bible was once banned by the Roman Catholic Church. They had to undo that for PR purposes. On Thursday, alongside the Inquisition archives, was the infamous index of forbidden books. Got a lot in, in common with the left-wing liberals, don't they? Banning books which Roman Catholics were forbidden to read or possess in pain of excommunication, they showed that even the Bible was once on the blacklist. Wow. Yeah, they, listen, they, they had a Bible in their churches that was chained down. You weren't allowed to own your own, and only what the priest would read to you from that chained down Bible could you ever hear of the Bible. That's the same thing now. That's true, correct? Well, I... I'd said it because I think it's true. I, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, what do you mean? I'm I'm slow on things. I don't under I'm I have trouble understanding a lot of this stuff. Um, but like the Anabaptists, they they I know I read this thing how 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 this man and his family they were. Um, uh, I don't know. They were hunted and stuff, and he was in. It was in the called a faggot. They were. In, he well, that's what they called the wood that they yeah, used to burn. He yeah, he hid himself in that. And but they were. There was one thing about them. Some being in a lighthouse, and then these people were chasing them, and and. Yeah, there's all kinds of stories. I guess they're all true. They're they're. And. And they were for the Bible. If they had the Bible, they were had to get rid of it. Or... No, they tied it around their neck and burned them. Yeah. Yeah. So you understand it? What? Well, I know, but earlier a lot of that stuff, I was have, I had trouble. Well, you have to go back and watch it again. That's where we put them online for you, so you can watch them again. Yeah, Brian. The Catholic Church doesn't have a chain Bible anymore, but what they have is something called a missal. And they only have pieces of what they want you to yeah. know from the Bible. Very selective readings. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Eberard II, Archbishop of Salzburg, said, this was uh, in the 50s, quote, stated at a synod of bishops held at Regensburg in 1240 that the people of his day were accustomed to calling the Pope Antichrist, end quote. That's just 1950s, folks. Are they accustomed to that today? Because there's a falling away going on. Catholics themselves were doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Folks, if you, as I'm telling you, you got to read history. you got to pray the Lord will give you the sense to love history. If you don't love history, you don't have enough sense. Amen. Pray, Lord, help me to have enough sense to love history. Then you'll go back and read this stuff, and it's amazing. And it's also very edifying because you see the Bible is so right on. And one of the things that, that history will show you is so many wonderful 
God-fearing, Bible-believing people who were murdered by Rome. And uh, it'll make you angry, but it also uh, should give you a heart for the persecuted church and also a heart to want to be in that place where all those people are. (laughs) Yeah, Mary? Yeah, yeah, we've got several uh, things in, in our library that you can read and learn from as far as history goes. How many of you know who Roger Williams is? Yeah, he's credited with uh, founding the first Baptist church in, a, in America in Rhode Island and being behind the separation of church and state in Rhode Island that became uh, part of our Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Uh, and I had somebody one time tell me, he said, well, Roger Williams was the first Baptist in America and he wouldn't agree with you preaching what you preach about the Pope. Okay, Roger Williams, quote, the pretended vicar of Christ on earth who sits as God over the temple of God, exalting himself not only above all that is called God, but over the souls and consciences of all his vassals, yea, over the spirit of Christ, over the Holy Spirit, yea, and God himself, speaking against the God of heaven, thinking to change times and laws, but he is the son of perdition, end quote. I think Roger Williams would agree with me. I mean, he just did. The popes have called themselves and each other antichrist. Did you know this? John Wycliffe says this, uh, quote, when the Western church was divided for about 40 years between two rival popes, one in Rome and the other in Avignon, France, each pope called the other pope Antichrist. <laughs> and John Wycliffe is reputed to have regarded them as both being right. <laughs> he said, quote, two halves of Antichrist making up the perfect man of sin between them. End quote. There's that English humor. As Antichrist, the popes have always believed they are to rule the world, just like the Antichrist. This is from the Council of Trent, 1545. Quote, we define that the Holy Apostolic See and the Roman Pontiff hold primacy over the whole world. End quote. Go back and read. Uh, who's the fellow who uh, made Morse code? <laughs> Just testing you. Samuel Morris, who came up, the, he wrote about it. He said, you better watch. You let all these Catholics in your country. They'll ruin your country. Amen. Folks, the Sodomites are doing a number on us. There's all kinds of groups doing a number on us. But the Roman Catholics in this country are doing a number on us. Yeah. If you want to see who's voting for all these liberals and taking away your rights, Roman Catholics are among the majority. And a lot of them are women. And they're pro-choice, even though their church is supposed to be pro, uh, uh, pro-life. And they support gay marriage, all that stuff. And uh, it'll be a bunch of Roman Catholics left behind after the rapture who will be lockstep and goose-stepping with the Antichrist right here in the U.S. of A. You watch it. Mark it down. We'll be watching from heaven. Amen. As Antichrist, the popes stand in the place of Jesus as his counterfeit. This is uh, Eon Paisley. Quote, Antichrist is a Greek word 
Vicar is an English word. The words are synonymous. They have exactly the same meaning. Antichrist translated into the English is vice Christ or vicar of Christ. Vicar of Christ rendered into the Greek is antichristos, antichrist. The ordinary use of the word in the Greek is decisive on this point. So every time the Pope claims to be the vicar of Christ, he is pleading at the bar of the world's opinion that he indeed is the Antichrist. End quote. That's a fact. Now Charles Spurgeon said this, quote, It is the bounden duty of every Christian to pray against Antichrist and as to what Antichrist is, no sane man ought to raise a question. If it be not the popery in the Church of Rome, there is nothing in the world that can be called by that name. End quote. Crystal clear to people who want to see the truth. Pope Boniface, 1302. Quote, Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define, that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. End quote. He can go to hell. Well, he did. My salvation does not rely on any man other than the man Christ Jesus. That's a cult leader. Anybody making that statement is sick in the head, sick in the heart, and full of the devil. Uh, this was from a letter written by a cardinal. They, did you hear? They, uh, they thought the Pope got the bird flu. They thought he got it from a cardinal. But That's a joke. A letter from Cardinal Giuseppe Sarto, who became known as Pope Pius X in 1903. He's writing to a man named Don Marino. He says, I have read all the homilies I have made since my coming here in Venice. And only in the sermon for the anniversary of the election of the Holy Father, again, a blasphemous term given to the Pope, Jesus used at one time about the, uh, our Heavenly Father. And they claim it for themselves, names of blasphemy. He says this, I said these exact words, he's quoting himself, very humble. Quote, the Pope represents Jesus Christ himself and therefore is a loving father, capital F. End quote. That's what they believe about themselves, folks. As Antichrist, the Pope's received and boasts of names that are blasphemous. I just mentioned one, Holy Father. This is from 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The final Antichrist Pope, the final Pope, will go into the temple in Jerusalem and cut off the sacrifice of animals. He'll probably slaughter a pig, and just like Epiphanes did, and he's going to declare himself God and demand the worship of the world inside the temple in Jerusalem. But in the meantime, his forerunners holding the papacy, the office of the papacy, are all exalting themselves above all that is called God. John Wesley said this in Antichrist and His Ten Kingdoms, page 110. Quote, He is in an emphatical sense the man of sin as he increases all manner of sin above measure. 
And he is too properly styled the son of perdition as he has caused the death of numberless multitudes, both of his opposers and followers. He it is that exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, claiming the highest power and highest honor, claiming the prerogatives which belong to God alone, end quote. Find me some Methodists and Wesleyans that will agree with that statement today. Yeah. They're out there. They're out there, but they're very few. Very few. That's the guy who founded their churches, John Wesley. Um, this was uh, another example of a Catholic referring to it. It says, but to believe that our Lord God, the Pope, the establisher of said decreto and of this could not decree as he did decree should be accounted heretical. He was refuting someone who said that the Pope didn't have the right to say the things he was saying. And he referred to the Pope as the Lord God, the Pope. That's typical in Catholic literature. We read in Revelation 17... Verse 3, we read, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy. All these, this is one, if I was in a court of law, making a case in front of a judge, one thing after another, and the other side cannot refute all of this, demonstrating what the Bible teaches about the Antichrist. These are just some of the names of blasphemy. I, for the sake of time, we're not going to run all the references. But in John 17, 11, Jesus referred to the Father as Holy Father. That's what they call the Pope. First name of blasphemy. Second name, Pontifex Maximus. Go back to our Revelation study on Pergamos, the church of Pergamos. You'll see that the Babylonian priesthood moved to Pergamos, and then was trans transferred through Augustus Caesar to the Caesars of Rome and through Constantine in 325 AD into the papacy. And that's why the popes claim that title that traces back to Constantine, to Augustus Caesar, to Pergamos, to Babylon, Pontifex Maximus. It's a pagan title of deity claiming to be God. The third name of blasphemy is Blessed Father, referred to uh, only the Heavenly Father in Matthew 23, 9. Monsignor. How many of you have heard that, Monsignor? You know what that means? My Lord. And uh, John 20, 28 is the reference. How many of you have heard me say, please do not call me Reverend? They call Him Holy Reverend. Psalm 111, 9. Only God is Reverend. I had somebody give me a Bible one time and they put on there Reverend Greg Miller. And, uh, you know, I try not to be, I try to be gracious. I wasn't nasty. I didn't say anything. I took it home and scraped the Reverend off. <laughs> they saw it a few weeks later. What happened to your Bible? I said, I don't mean any uh, disrespect or anything, but I'm not Reverend. Only God's Reverend. And so I just had to remove that. And they were like, I never thought about that. You know, so hopefully they stopped calling men Reverend after that. Uh, the sixth name of blasphemy is His Holiness. Revelation 15.4, we are not holy except that we are holy in Christ. It's His Holiness. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and the seventh is that Vicar of Christ, that Eon Paisley, the great Presbyterian from uh, Ireland, who explained what that means. It means Christ on earth or Antichrist. 
uh, and we saw in Daniel 8, 25, and through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Go back and listen to those Daniel studies. If you haven't listened to them, you missed a lot. It says, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. How many of you have heard of Pope's always talking about peace? Every time the Roman Catholic Church gets control, there's nothing but war. What do you think Mexico is? That's what Mexico is. Mexico is a Roman Catholic country. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. That's the final pope, the Antichrist. Pope Innocent III said, quote, Those whom the Pope of Rome doth separate, it is not a man that separates them, but God. For the Pope holdeth place on earth, not simply of a man, but of the true God. End quote. Pope Innocent III. Another Pope, Nicholas, quote, I am all in all and above all, so that God himself and I, the vicar of God, hath both one consistory, and I am able to do almost all that God can do. Wherefore, if those things that I do be said not to be done of man but of God, what can you make of me but God? Again, if prelates of the church be called and counted of Constantine for gods, I then, being above all prelates, seem by this reason to be above all gods. Wherefore, no marvel if it be in my power to dispense with all things, yea, with the precepts of Christ. End quote. Wow. wow. I like that sound very humble. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cardinal Robert Bellamine, quote, All names which in the scriptures are applied to Christ by virtue of which it is established that he is over the church, all the same names are applied to the Pope. Wow. End quote. But folks, it's not just the Pope, by the way. I mean, the Roman Catholic Church in general. But a lot of people aren't even Roman Catholic. They treat the Pope like he's a god. Did you hear that uh, one time when the Pope uh, was out in Colorado, I think it was, and he's getting a limousine ride, and he talked to the limousine rider and letting him drive? So he's going on one of those uh, out west, you know, you go like 80 mile per hour, but he's going like 120 mile per hour and the cop pulled him over and he walks up and he says, can I see your ID? And he looks and he sees it the Pope. He says, I'll be right back. He goes back to his car and calls his superior and says, uh, we, I think I pulled over somebody real important right now. He says, well, who, is he more important than me? Well, yeah, I think so. He's more important than the governor? Uh, yes, I believe so. More important than the president? He said, yeah. He said, well, who is he? He said, I don't know, but it, the Pope's his limo driver. <laughs> That's how important the Pope is. <laughs> Bellarmine said, quote, The Pope is not only the representative of Jesus Christ, but he is Jesus Christ himself, hidden under the veil of flesh. End quote. I, 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 I'm going to only do a couple more, but we could go on and on and on with these quotes. Pope Leo XIII, quote, We hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. End quote. Everybody always likes to say, well, Pope John Paul II was different. This is him. Quote, We readily understand the devotion of St. Francis of Assisi for the Lord Pope, the daughterly outspokenness of St. Catherine of Siena towards the one whom she called Sweet Christ on Earth. End quote. He's saying that it's, it's understandable that they would call him that. So the implications are well understood by the Roman priesthood. 
a Cardinal Manning said, quote, the Catholic Church is the, either the masterpiece of Satan or the kingdom of the Son of God, end quote. He's right. And I know which one it is. Cardinal Newman, quote, a sacerdotal order, which is all the sacraments for salvation, is historically the essence of the Church of Rome. If not divinely appointed, it is doctrinally the essence of Antichrist. Amen. End quote. Amen. So we submit to you that the Pope is Antichrist. And the final Pope will be the Antichrist. And just in summary, one billion Roman Catholics already submit to his authority. One billion Hindus readily accept other gods into their religion. So when the Antichrist shows up, they'll throw him on the pile with the rest of them and take the mark. The Bible never says the Antichrist says you have to forsake all other gods. You simply must worship him as God. And the one billion Roman Catholics and the one billion Hindus, one billion adherents of Asian religions and atheism would easily fall in once the trib period begins. The atheists will do whatever for survival. Uh, Asian religions also don't even have a concept of God, so if they have to do something in order to buy, sell, or trade, they'll do it. You see how easily, once the rapture happens and the world's in chaos, how all these will come together under the Pope. And then after the Gog Magog, World War III, the remainder of one billion adherents of Islam. The remainder, because five out of six of those fighting in that war will be killed. And the remainder will submit under desperation or duress. And you will have your one world order under the Pope. So in closing, the world is prepped and ready for the final Pope as the Antichrist. If you go back and if you have to go back and watch this and get it in your head, read A Woman Rides the Beast, watch the documentary, watch those movies by Chris Pinto on the Bible, uh, The uh, Tares Among the Wheat, um, Bridge to Babylon, and there's a third one. Uh, there's three of them. They're about nine hours total to watch them. Watch about 10 or 15 minutes a day if you need to. You'll just be so convinced and you'll wonder, where was all this information? I've done my part to try to tell you, but most preachers aren't doing it today. I believe the case is undeniable for those who love and believe the truth. Amen? Amen. All right, I am going to close in prayer, but I do want to give we got a couple, just a couple of minutes. I want to spare for any questions or comments before I pray. Anybody, Charlie? Olivia and I were just talking that it's like we know that like the, the Catholic Church is evil. I mean, like we know that, but it's just it's amazing seeing the words of these people and thinking that they're still held in high regard. And they are directly opposed to all that is good. And that, they're, still, they're still called... That's another point, really, to bring still, up. They still take the name of Christian. These other cults that are out there, everybody's like, oh, they're crazy. But they don't believe anywhere near the craziness that you saw tonight. Yeah. It's just amazing. Mary? You know how in Congress is growing people that are wanting to be appointed for something, and they're like, well... Look at your Twitter account. You know, I mean, can you imagine what the Western judge is going to be like when one of these popes is there? Look at this quote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you'll see it. We'll be there. <laughs>
Antichrist, the most likely when you get it, is it'll just go straight down immediately. Well, yeah, the final one will. But all these she's talking about, they'll be there. We'll yeah. see it. Doug? There's a place in the Bible, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it says that you're not supposed to call anybody, uh, you know. Yeah, in a spiritual sense. Yeah. That's in a spiritual context. And you have a whole priesthood. I mean, that's a whole other thing that we've talked about and will again, but the whole priesthood in Rome is just so blasphemous. And you go to Him to confess your sins and all that kind of thing. He gives you absolution. This is crazy. Yeah, Mike? All the more reason to get out there with this word. Amen. 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 These people need to know it. Amen. They're blinded. Yeah. Amen. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. And and I should say that. I should have said that at the end of this, really. But I mean, I, I kind of take for granted you all have heard it so much here that all this is to motivate you. You know, it's not just, to, oh, that's interesting. You know, oh, I know something now. No, uh, these people need Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And he's he's written tracks about it. We got chick tracks about it, you know, and, and uh, uh, we have some that we've got on our prayer list that are Catholics we're praying for. So let's close. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. And we just thank you for the truth that you've shown us and helping us to have discernment, which is lacking so much today. But as Mike said, Lord, we want to uh, learn these things so that you will give us a heart for the lost. Lord, that uh, we will look out and see these people not as um, themselves uh, guilty of these sins of Rome. And they're not the Antichrist. They are in an Antichrist religion. But they are sinners who simply need Jesus Christ. We're thankful that we have a few here tonight former Roman Catholics. Uh, we're so thankful they're saved. We're thankful for all the Roman Catholics who come to Christ. Some of the greatest Christians of the last thousand years have been Catholics who got saved. Of course, the whole Reformation was basically Roman Catholics who got saved. So we just thank you for every soul that is saved. Thank you for showing us what's on the horizon so we can see that and be motivated. Our time here is short, that we would do your work while we still have the time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, let's close with a song. We're going to have uh, Grandma Jenny put the little grandbaby down so she can lead us. Stand if you can. All right. Start us out there, Jenny.
those prayer cards and onliners will look for yours at the uh, email address bbfohio at protonmail.com. All right, let's say goodbye to the onliners on three. One, two, three. See you here, there, or in the air.